This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you are listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today, we have Susan and Martin on from a company called Body of Nine, and we'll be talking about how to improve communication using the body. Can't wait to learn from them. Can't wait to get into it. So without any further ado, uh, Susan and Martin, would y'all please introduce yourselves and introduce Body of Nine as a company? Well, my name is Susan Fisher, and I found out what we call my natural number 20 years ago. And when I found out, it uh, authenticated who I am in a way that was so powerful for me that I knew I had find, found my life purpose. And as a result, I've been working with this discovery for 20 years and never strayed from that path. And I'm Martin Fisher, and I found out my natural number getting on for 12 years ago now, and it helped me make sense of the world. I knew what was going on. I had some idea about how the world worked, but I didn't quite understand why. And this really helped me understand how it is that we manage to miscommunicate with people and how that it's really hard to actually communicate because... We're all so different, but all so much the same. I love that. I love that. And we're gonna, I definitely want to learn more about Body of Nine. Let's let's dig into the the topic: how to in, improve communication using the body. Where, when you when you first interact with folks and they have that question, like, okay, where do you? Where, what are the basics, and where do you start people? Well, basically, even though there's seven billion some people on the planet, there's only actually nine what we tend to refer to as body suits, but nine different ways that our bodies develop. There are nine centers in our body, and one of those centers is actually activated in the womb. We can actually tell. And when babies are born, they start to grow and develop based on what we call this natural number. And one of the first things that we realized is that these natural numbers don't repeat in families. And in general, we don't tend to hang out with people of the same natural number. And at companies we work at, we're surrounded by people of all different natural numbers. And your natural number determines and guides a lot of your physical reality. It shapes how your body's built. It shapes how you move. It shapes what you care about. It shapes how you communicate, uh, how you use your eyes. So your entire reality, the body-to-body communication is so different person-to-person. And so what we've figured out is by looking at a person, we can figure out what is that natural number and what is it that they care about. Oh, that's fantastic. Now, you obviously, uh, Susan, you probably get questions from folks uh, that might be familiar with, with personality uh, and personality assessments, et cetera. Um, how, uh, how similar or dissimilar is your natural number from one's personality? We talk about your natural number as your nature, mm-hmm. where most of the personality systems are really pointing to your nurture. So how have you been nurtured over the course of your life that kind of layers on top of our nature? So when you look at a personality system like Myers-Briggs or the Enneagram or any of the systems that are out there, the way that they're developed is by asking a lot of questions. And then based off how they 
that people answer and they're grouped based off of the answers. And then you're put into a bucket based off of that grouping. Our system starts with the body. So your body tells us which one you're, which, which one you fit into. And then what we've done is we've met with over 8,000 people from around the world, over uh, up to almost 1,000 of each natural number. And we've asked them questions about what it's like to live in that body. And then we've distilled that down to the most core messages and the very specific language that each of the natural numbers uses, which it allows us to identify much more accurately and also to understand what it really means and what the language that you use means for you. So you get this really authentic body-based actionable analysis that, that you can actually do something with because it's body-based. I love this. I wish we I wish we had like an hour and a half to unpack all of this, but we're we're gonna we're gonna focus. Um, so one of the things, as you mentioned, you've talked to and worked with people all over the world, and uh, there's nine different body suits. Um, is is there anything culturally different that you've seen? Uh, you know, uh, you know, I'm thinking male, female, uh, someone in Pakistan versus someone in Dallas, Texas. Like, is is it is it as simple as there's nine suits and everyone fits regardless of, of uh, race, religion, color, all of the stuff that separates us, you fit into the nine suits? Yes. As it turns out, you have more in common with, you know, a Bushman in Africa, if you share a natural number than you huh. do with anybody in your family. It does cross race, culture, gender. Everybody's got a natural number. Some, you know, the, the recognition of it has, gotchas because there are cultures in which for example eye contact is not supported in other cultures where it is and it turns out uh, of the nine the first four use eye contact to create a very particular kind of relationship so if that's not supported in your culture you're or, or right off the bat not supported right and you can be marginal, like, marginalized because yeah, not because you're exactly. not following the cultural norms but because you're you're following what your your number norms are, exactly. Yeah, we see that. So for example, in some cultures, uh, natural number five, which is my natural number, is also known, known as a nerd. And some cultures actually honor the right. nerdliness, the ability to be a nerd. And other cultures actually dismiss it. That's so right. So there's a lot of um, history and culture that gets in the way of your of your nature. Yes, so that's the nurture that layers on top. And because our mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers don't understand us, they have no idea why we're doing what we're doing because the, the, what people care about and their reasons for their behaviors vary significantly based off their natural number. So if you look at me and you assume because I'm not looking you in the eye that I'm being disrespectful, right. you're going to be wrong five out of nine times. <laughs> <laughs> So really, it just really helps us to understand what words like connection, energy, engagement, uh, intuition, what do they mean? They're very, very different depending on which part of your body is born active. Well, Martin, you had mentioned that there are nine, there are nine centers. Is that, is that uh, similar to the chakra? We found that the chakras, at least the seven that are acknowledged right. to be in the body, are co-located with the exception that the heart chakra actually is containing three energy centers. Oh, interesting. So there were three in the head, three in the chest, and three in the lower body. Right. And as it turns out, the odd numbers, one, three, five, seven, nine, 
are in the top part of the body, the even numbers are in the lower part of the body. And so they are co-located, but it's hard to tell if someone really knew the chakras, can you see three different colors in the heart? And we've never had that conversation. But right. other than that, yes, they're co-located for sure. That's, that's fascinating. Take us, um, take us into the, the nine different uh, body suits. Well, each of the natural numbers uses a very specific set of muscle, muscles, bones, and fascia to create a very particular activation. And at the core, the three in the head are one, five, and seven. One is at the underneath the chin. Seven is on the forehead at the glabella and using the, the frontalis muscles of the forehead. And then five is in the back. One, five, and seven have a very much more unembodied experience of life. They have a more spiritual bent. And each one of them has a part of our understanding of what it is to be uh, alive. Then in the chest, you have three, six, and nine, which are dealing with energy, the movement, the focus, and the expansion of energy. So three, six, and nine operate as the engine for movement and creation of using what's here in the universal plane. And then two, four, and eight are our most body-based numbers. They deal with how do I feel things in my body? How do I want to feel? They bring feelings into it. How do I feel? How is my body informing me at a much more detailed level than the other six? And so the body-based numbers are here landing us into this world, into relationship with each other, into connection through the body. So each of them has a very specific function that when brought together, creates a beautiful human flow. So uh, I noticed that both of you didn't mention the brain. Is the brain the kind of the operating system? Yeah, I'd like to think of the brain as the dashboard. Right. And depending on whether you're an even number or an odd number, even numbers tend to give more weight to their body's input. Mm -hmm. Everybody listens to their body. Everybody knows what their body's doing. But the odd numbers take it as input but it might not necessarily be the driving input whereas natural number four for example emotions are very much part of the driving input but natural number five the other end of the body emotions are there and honestly in some cases i try and avoid my emotions instead of trying to embrace my emotions so it, it definitely makes a difference um you know, how the body's what part of your body you're using and the fun thing is you can learn to do activate all eight which really gives you a lot more information right so, so back to the topic of improving communication using the body. Um, one of this, uh, one layer would be to understand your own natural number, but also understand the natural numbers of, of the people that are around you. Absolutely. The first, you know, we, we talk about this as a, as an evolutionary journey. When you first find out your natural number, it's almost like you're in a state of shock. And then you start to notice, you know, how do I move? How am I informed? How is what Susan and Martin have said is, uh, about my natural numbers consistent with what I know about my own reality? And it's like you're opening like a flower. And over the bloom, you become more fulfilled, more on purpose, and happier. Even if you already are all those things, it still accentuates that experience. But then learning to see it out in the world around you. You know, how, how is everybody that I love so different than me? And then learning to see, oh, wow, you know, for Martin and I, I know when he's upset, he's actually disappointed with his own ability to meet a particular need of mine that I may not even have wanted him to meet. 
So you, know, you can predict the, the perpetual conflicts and you can nurture the deep connections that are available in any two combinations of the natural numbers. So as you learn about them out in the world, your world starts to open up and fill with awe and wonder and curiosity instead of judgment and resistance. And if you think about it, we like to say that your natural number is like tuning into a radio station. There are nine stations out there and you can hear one with a lot of static. But once you identify your natural number, that radio station becomes more clear and you can start to receive and broadcast more clearly. And most of our communication, depending on who you talk to, is either 45 to 85% body-based. How do our bodies communicate with each other, not what the tone is and what the words are? And I would add a little bit to that, which is there's studies out there that say particular postures, particular ways of standing mean particular things. It turns out it's a little bit more complicated than that. So, for example, as a natural number six, I like to stand with my arms crossed because it supports my chest. Right. It doesn't mean I'm standoffish or holding you away or any of the things that people think crossing your arms across your chest means. So there's, there are interpretations of body language that are actually unsupportive of us as people. Same thing with the eye contact. And so there's a variety of, of different ways of being that get judged and misunderstood. So our yeah. bodies you know, have this opportunity and understanding this to really get clearer in what our bodies are communicating. Well, you can see the natural fit in understanding your natural number and understanding the people around you in, in marriage, you know, and building teams and in interviewing, like you can see it kind of uh, proliferating. Um, how does one get started? Like, how do, how do you understand, how do you start to unpack well, yourself and, and those around you? Well, we've been doing a lot of research. We spent between 2012 and about 2020 doing the research, working mainly with individuals. And so we spent a lot of time, we work with 8,000 some people. In the last couple of years, thanks to COVID, we've actually been able to be able to identify people using Zoom, which has been awesome. And now we're spending the, well, the last year or so setting up the tools to teach coaches and other holistic practitioners how to identify and how to be with other people and to use this knowledge in their practices. Right. So you can get identified over Zoom, mm -hmm. uh, you know, websites, bodyofdying.com, go there, uh, purchase an identification for yourself, your family, or... You're, you're as a couple, then you have that experience and uh, we support you with that. And then from there, it's like, well, okay, what do you want to do with it? How do you want to explore it in your life? And we have the train the trainer programs that we're just starting now as well. So if you want to actually learn to activate online, anybody can do, can learn that. And then you can apply it in whatever modality or discipline that you, or practice that you are interested in, in understanding. Yeah, one thing I want to make clear is that we're not saying that people need to be put in buckets. Right. Everybody, every employee can do any job, but how they do that job and what they're going to, what sometimes we like to call it jokingly their superpower is, really is going to determine how they're going to approach that particular job. And as an employee or as an employer or a manager, you've got to know the people that work with you are not like you and certain things are going to uh, really motivate them more than others. Right. If you, for example, if you have a natural number eight boss, they are going to want you to do what you said when you said you were going to do it. And if you don't, you break trust. And if you lose your boss's trust, you're never going to recover because eights really operate based off of trust. Whereas if you have a natural number one boss, 
They're going to honor you and support you and give you a, a very different kind of structure. But if you treat them disrespectfully, that's where you're going to lose that trust. Right. Very, very different things uh, support those interactions, especially in the workplace as well as in family. It's very interesting, especially in this era of diversity and inclusion, um, that we're, we'll, we're still operating with, you know, you mentioned eye contact. Uh, it's it's something that uh, I, I'm not great at, never have been. Um, just never, <laughs> you know, just never, even though people have mentioned it to me, uh, talked to me about it, et cetera, I've just never really paid attention or cared that much about it. Right, uh, exactly right. But we've got to unlearn you know, like I'm not going to learn how to stare at people's eyes. Like I care more about what's coming out of their mouth. Uh, uh, but, you know, in general society, especially in a work context, we're going to have to learn some things so that we can be more inclusive of the people that we're bringing into our organization. So absolutely, because we, 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 as I said, we judge these behaviors mm-hmm. and we apply meaning based off of what it would mean for us. And that's right. just completely inaccurate. So, yeah, so talk about diversity and inclusion. It's 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 it really accelerates that because this does cross all the other issues that we're talking about out in the world and presents a whole nother layer of of inclusion and and ability for people to contribute and the ability to see people's gifts because it doesn't matter. So how but, do we how do we for both of y'all how do we unlearn some of these things that we've learned either through the media or experience or history or whatever it is, uh, how we've learned some of these things. How do we, how do we get folks to unlearn those things? Well, I think it starts with curiosity. Hmm. There's an element, obviously many companies, most companies do a lot of work to help people understand each other using the tools that you already talked about. Right. Myers-Briggs and the rest of those things. There's an element of curiosity about, well, okay, supposing that what Martin and Susan are talking about is real. There are nine different kinds of people. Then if that's the case, then I can be curious about, well, what kind of person are you, anybody that I'm talking to, and what is it that I can do to best support you and honor you for who you are and your gift, not just how you're contributing to the organization? So there's an element of moving humanity forward a little bit. I know it sounds a little bit sort of grandiose, but we really believe that we can do better as human beings by honoring each other more rather than just seeing each other as an uh, irritation. An irritation. <laughs> right, right, right. We, we see them in the form that we want. We've optimized them in the form that we want them to be in, not necessarily yes. what they want to be. Um, yes. And so some of that, I guess, is just stepping back and allowing the inclusion of other people in the way that they're meeting them where they are. So if someone doesn't look at you in your eyes, you don't judge that. You you try to understand it. You respect it. You honor it. Uh, exactly. And then and then again, you you unpack because you've everyone's got <laughs> every every one of the nine. I'm sure have things that kind of hold them back too, or might be misinterpreted. Um, so it's so it's basically allowing enough space for everyone to understand the the differences that we have. And again, we've we've artificially created differences with race, religion creed sexual orientation this that the other and those are in in the way that y'all are talking about it those are kind of false ways to think of the the way that people are different yes and also when you when you learn to activate another natural number all of a sudden you begin to see the world from their perspective at a body-based level 
Oh, interesting. That gives you information that's never been available to you because, at least consciously. Right. At times, you may have stumbled into the activation of another natural number or even just stumbled into the activation of our own natural number. There's a very specific state activation that enables you to observe yourself and the world around you at a much more cosmic level. So it brings you up a level from, you know, the head spin space and allows you to make choices about how you're going to behave. And that's really powerful. When I can say, oh, here's my belief systems. I can see my belief systems because I've got my observer going. And I can say, I don't really like the belief system that, for example, my beauty uh, as a person is related to my weight. Right? right, that's a belief system we have out in the world. If you're fat, you there's something wrong with you, and or even if you're just slightly heavy, you're not as much value as somebody who's thin. That's a crazy belief system, but those things get embedded in our body, and when we don't have the ability to make a conscious decision to say, you know what, I don't really want to behave in alignment with that belief system anymore. So when you turn your conscious observer on, you can make choices about what you want to create in your life based off of your behaviors, beliefs, and actions. Yeah, I've got a story about something that happened when I actually activated a different natural number for a long period of time. We were at Burning Man many years ago. And when, normally when I drive, I drive looking in front of me, looking out for traffic and things like that. But I activated natural number two and it stayed with me. And on the drive home, I found myself looking at the person I was talking to rather than looking at the road, which freaked me out and some of the people in the car. <laughs> so being in a different reality actually changes your awareness of how wonderful your own reality is as well. Yes. Oh, so you, you educate about yourself and the importance of the gift that you offer because you, you have something very specific that comes with your natural number. So each of the natural numbers has a very wonderful and amazing gift that they offer you when they're in their strength. And if you don't show up as you, if you're going to just sit in the corner and just hide and not contribute to the family or the business or wherever you're at, you're actually withholding that superpower, that gift to other people. Even though your head may be there, if you're not being you, then you're not being the best you for the people around you. Right. Again, it's kind of like closeted or, or you're being fake. You can't yep. be, you, you either don't know your natural number and thus, or you know it and you can't express it because of the your circumstance. Yep. So this is a geek question. So uh, Martin, uh, feel free to, to because I'm, I'm thinking about how AI is programmed, and and uh, and and again, if if one's natural number is a person that's programming uh, the AI, do you do you see anything in the future uh, related to outside of you know our our natural numbers, or at least mimicked in metaverse or in virtual reality or or AR? Or even you know, in AI shows up in AI. Do you do you think do you either fear or think that some of those things will show up elsewhere? Well, talking about the metaverse, right? People's avatars right. are, I think, surprisingly able to express the movements of a particular energy. Oh, interesting. So, uh, if you look at anything that's um, based on models built from Real people. real people, then you can actually see their movement and in the avatar. Uh, on the limited exposure that I have to some of these games, to some of these computer-based or AI-based, if you will, avatars, there is an element of 
expression that comes across because expression is actually the way your face expresses is actually very dependent and specific to a natural number. So in terms of the interaction of people in the metaverse, then I think that there's going to be some expression because again, it goes back to how are we used to communicating body to body, our right. words and the phrases we use and even our pacing is also very much natural number dependent. Now, AI, the ability to talk to human beings, I think that because I really believe subconsciously this is not new information to our bodies, it may be to our minds, that if we're being talked to by an AI that is just generic, I think we know that. I don't think you can have the experience and range of interaction that perhaps you'd like without giving some sort of more, um, more natural numberist, if you will, interface to that AI. Yeah, and, and again, as you mentioned earlier in the show, uh, some of some of the natural numbers uh, you're, you're, you're you're attract, and some of them uh, are are not going to work as well together. If they, especially if they don't have the understanding of the other person's uh, number, uh, yeah. so so I can I can because see that. Go ahead. It turns out, yeah, you know, attraction actually comes in relationship. We're most attractive the energies we know well. So we give love in a very particular way. One of the ways I, I, I test when I'm identifying people in person is at the end, I give them a hug and I look for a very specific kind of hug in return. And each of the natural numbers hugs very differently, but very consistently across right. natural number. So another way to look at that is that we're used to being loved, hopefully, by our parents and by our brothers and sisters. So we're used to receiving that loving energy, however you want to express it, from the people that we're you that are a particular natural number, and the other thing that also works. If you've been had a traumatic experience with a particular natural number, you will find that your body reacts negatively to people of that natural number, which is or in some unhealthy way, or in some unhealthy right. way. So, at work and things like that, it, it's sometimes in, in life we tend to find well, you see someone and you immediately think I like that person, and you see somebody else, I can't relate to that person at all. Right, and we believe that's strongly correlated to your experience of those natural numbers. It's it's fascinating because you've it, again you've had either an experience or that that singular experience with that person and you automatically know, which 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 is really interesting because I think people listening to the podcast will understand that they just didn't know you know how that happened like I don't like yes. that person you know from the jump I don't like that person and they don't know why they don't like that person uh, I'm sure that 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 that. Uh, that this will help them. Um, Susan Martin, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This has been fascinating. Thank you for having us. Yes, it's our favorite subject. <laughs> Absolutely. And thanks for everyone listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live Podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com.